When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way. It's Robin Crane here with Olivia Summerhill, who works exclusively with divorcing affluent women, helping protect their lifestyle and level the playing field in a non-judgmental, inspiring, and discreet manner. She is actually one of the few financial planners to hold the Certified Financial Planner, uh, practitioner certificate, I guess, uh, the certified divorce an- uh, financial analyst. She's also a certified divorce specialist and behavioral financial advising credential as well. She's just like got lots of letters at the end of her name. I'm just, I can't even keep up with it. So very excited to have you today. We're going to talk about why niching can make you money fast. So welcome, Olivia. So great to have you here. Tell us a little about how you got into the business. Start there. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to be here. I got into the business uh, almost a decade ago in wealth management, private banking, uh, did, you know, working with a lot of people all at once and decided about a year ago to actually to break away myself and really, really, really hone in on one specific client and help them out as much as I can in finance. Awesome. Awesome. And I know you've gone a very, I'm not only are you, do you have a lot of letters at the end of your name, which I could barely say, but CDFA, CFP, what are the other acronyms? So I have a few, I honestly, I only say CFP, the certified financial planner and the CDFA, the divorce analyst to most people. And on my LinkedIn professional settings, because I have, you know, the retirement specialist and the uh, gosh, the philanthropic advisor, the behavioral wow. financial advisor, all of that stuff as well. But that doesn't, that does not and apply. Really cares, right? Yeah. Right. Now I'm so, but what only. does matter is being really specific about who you want to work with and targeting. And so you left, so what was the last job you had or, or were you actually running a book of business or were you working at the bank? So the last position I had was four and a half years of assets under management, working with retirees, business owners, couples, the whole gamut. Um, a lot of retirement plans was okay. So focus. Like kind of the typical financial advisor. Route, exactly. We're going to say typical. You had assets under management. You were building your book of business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, cool. You so were I, just yeah. like employed. 
and getting a startup? No, building book of business. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So first of all, I'm curious, like what made you decide to make the switch to then go independent, not just independent, but like to go like to let go of the asset center management. I know for me, I mean, when I went from being a financial advisor with asset center management, building my book of business to even to business coaching for financial advisors, like the the worst part was letting go of the AUM where I could get a, a reoccurring, it was actually quarterly to get money every single quarter. And like to let that go, that was, that was hard. Like that took me a year just to like be able to do that, to let go partly because I didn't want to leave my clients, but then partly because I didn't want to leave the money. So how did you decide to make that shift where you're no longer managing assets? It was a long process with a career coach on, you can either continue working assets under management. I had a cushy job, no reason to leave. I could have also added this divorce niche to the back, the practice and the business itself. And that would have been fine. It just would have been, I'm giving 60% to all areas of the business, like most advisors do, instead of 150 to one specific thing. And then the other one is just break away. Um, The other one was break away and take some clients and, you know, do your own asset center management. I decided after it was months working with a career coach that it's best, even though it's excruciating to leave these clients and leave a really good paying job to start off doing it right and brand it correctly, only work with the specific clients because you really need to give them your full attention. So it was a confidence boosting, productive session after session to gain, you know, the clarity to actually just break away and do it what you need to do. Most people do. They take, you know, three to five years to do what I did um, without the assets under management but you're quick. You're like quick decision maker. I'm a very quick decision maker when it comes to big things. I'm a very slow decision maker decision maker when it comes to like what to eat, like what to order. Like, don't get me like, I'll get so stressed out about that. I'm like, I can't make that decision. But when it comes to like, I think it took, it did take me a little bit to leave the industry because I was really feeling guilty about the clients, especially like that. That's tough. Right. But um, once I made the decision, it was quick. And then, and then I make quick decisions about my business now. And like the, the more successful I get, the the quicker the decisions get. Right. Um, You said it perfectly. (laughs) Yes, it's exactly the decisions. Us as females, it's just like, oh my gosh, is this the right thing? I need to be indecisive because I need to help everyone. And oh gosh, I can't do this. Yes, you can. You can do it. You just need to be decisive and also believe in yourself. So, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I'm so curious and I want to get more to like the obviously the niching and how you can make more money that way. But I'm, I'm, I, st- I still I have so much curiosity, Olivia. Yes. Um, so why didn't you just go to your own RIA and start your own business and still do asset or management? Because you could have done that and you could still niche and do that. And then you could get recurring revenue for the rest of your freaking life. Because I know that was hard for me to give up. Like what what made you decide that that was right for you? It sounds like you had a great career coach who helped you on your path. And it's not necessarily right for everyone. But why did you decide that? There's a few reasons. And the top reason is because I am not a conflict of interest and I am not a threat to advisors. So across the entire United States, and now I'm international, but across the U.S. specifically with a lot of CFPs and a lot of wealth managers, family offices, I know the lingo. I work really well with planners. I know what they're looking for with their clients. They want to keep the assets under management. So I can come in as not a threat, Mm -hmm. help them with the divorce. And we'll get into what I actually do, I'm sure. But um, it's it's just a beautiful system. And then I don't have to worry about anything besides my client right then and there. And then I send them off to the right person afterwards to actually manage the assets. So I also have no conflict of interest saying, oh, you should keep the house or no, you should keep cash because I'm going to have that under my assets. 
and make money off of you. I'm giving that person I'm working with the best absolute advice because I don't care. I have no assets under management. So a few reasons. Got it. Got it. Which makes sense. And that that's really cool because then you could be like really at the center of it and be able to, cause you're very specific to work with divorce. Is it women, divorce women specifically, right? It's affluent divorcing women or divorced women. Yeah. Divorcing or divorced affluent, but they got to have some money, yo, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm joking. Like, as if like, it's all about the money, but it's like, you know, the people that you help best and that you provide yes. the most value to, and you're specific about who you help. So tell, t- I mean, I know there are a lot of fears as you you've seen my keynote, you know, I talk about clone your best clients. I like, think of one person mm-hmm. when we say, target marketing is scary, but niching is really scary. It's like, whoa, that means like I am planting my flag. I'm saying, this is who I work with. Only who I work with. It's not only divorcing women. It's not only divorced women. It's affluent divorcing and, and divorced women. So how did you, like, I'm curious, did you have any fears about that? Like, and what fears did you have that came up for you before you made that decision? So many. Um, the, the, the biggest, I think it's all excuses within the fears. Um, because you can make a million excuses about why you shouldn't do something and then never do anything at all and never know and and always regret stuff. So um, I went and pushed through fear and pushed through all my excuses right at the beginning with Career Coach. I also, I will say I hired a branding coach and I know that you believe a lot in these things as well and a lot of your listeners do. And it's just one of those things you need to make sure you have a clear message, but that you, when you do break away on your own, that when you do pick a niche that you're actually focused on it and there's going to be fears and there's going to be a ton of stuff that's coming at you of why don't you work with men too? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do, there's a lot of collaborative law. Why don't you work with both parties? Why don't you work with all types of income? Um, Those fears it's really about you and your confidence. So getting past them and your own excuses works. I'm going to go back to that too, but like, what was the actual fear? Like, were you concerned you wouldn't make money? Were you concerned people would judge you? Would you concern, were you concerned you wouldn't help as many people? Like, what were the specific fears? I was like, I agree. It's kind of the same, but like the excuses come from the fears, but what were the specific things that I think most listeners would be like, yep, I'm afraid of that. Yep. I'm afraid of that. I don't know. Yes. Making money was a huge one of, oh my gosh, I'm going to present myself in a way no one else does in the industry. And I'm going to be either shot down. People are going to ridicule saying that's the stupidest idea. They're going to say that doesn't work or they're going to literally, no one's going to want me as a, uh, having their client work with me um, just because it's like, what, who, where, where are you going to find those clients? Um, I think another big one was, okay, you're not doing assets under management. How are you going to do this? You know, it's just, what is the plan? It's so new. And that's the thing. I get very jealous of financial advisors. I mean, I used to be one and now I'm not. And I'm like, you wake up on, you know, January 1st, you financial advisor who has AUM, not Olivia, but, and you're like, cool, I know I'm going to make a hundred grand. I know I'm going to make a million, whatever it is. Like, you know, like if you just service your clients, like you're going to be good. You can pay your bills. You're good. Like we wake up January 1st and we're like, we got busted. Like I got to make a million dollars again. Like I got to do this again. Like, it's not like I, I can just sit back and relax. Like I got to keep going, which is Mm -hmm. cool when you have marketing systems and you know how to turn Mm -hmm. advertising dollars into profit. It's not something I worry about, but still like, I think it's like the most glorious idea to have Mm -hmm. recurring revenue. So that's why for both of us, it was hard to give that up. So, so -hmm. let's go back to those fears. So you were scared, you know, people wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily make money. People wouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily see you as credible, which Mm -hmm. is 
we know now it's the exact opposite, right? Because 100%. everything is pretty much opposite. So tell, tell us how all those fears that you had that you thought would happen, you had enough confidence because you had coaches mm-hmm. to guide mm-hmm. you and help you figure it out. But tell, tell them how, how it actually was the opposite and what was, what was true and maybe what was not true. And how did you build a business so fast? It's been how long, a year and a half? It's been less than a year. Um, yeah. Year. Oh my God. So, okay. so, and I don't try to keep track of that too, too much. Um, cause I set such high bars for myself, but I would say the biggest thing is that the, the shocking thing is my first call. So I had, I had the ideal client in my head and I was like, I know she's out there. I know my niche is going to work, but I'm still scared. I'm still fearful. It might not work. Who knows? Doubting yourself, right? You're still building the confidence. And my first call of a female calling me, I thought it was actually a prank call because she said exactly what I practiced and I thought she would say. I was like, there's no way. Girl, that is manifesting. That's a power. There's no way. There's an affluent woman who needs to maintain her lifestyle after divorce and she's terrified. She has no clue what to do. She wants to throw in the towel and I can actually help her. Like what? (laughs) So um, that was shocking, but it's like, oh yeah, I can do this. I know I could. I knew I could. I have this, it's working. Also, when I was networking and I still network, so it's not a past tense, um, when I'm on one-on-ones with people and they're in the divorce profession or they're in a financial advising profession, um, they always say like, oh my God, that's so amazing what you do. We need this, there is a need. Because I, you know, I can dream up the best thing in the world with my career coach and by myself, with my branding coach, whatever. Um, And my friends might think it's great, but the the industry actually was thinking it's great. There is a need. Oh, wow. It's so wonderful. Uh, and then when you actually get the referral, um, that's huge, right? The word of mouth is all your businesses. So I have two questions. I'm hoping yep. that I don't forget them. One is I want to know where did that client come from? Because you said she called me. It sounds like maybe a referral, but I'm like so many advisors, no one calls them. I mean, yeah, you get the referrals. So yeah, that's no usually even referrals, you got to call them. If your, your client says you should meet Joanna and you're like, okay, give me your number, hook me, like, let me send an email. And you still got to do a little chasing. And usually it's pretty easy if they're referrals, but the phones ain't ringing, you know, it's like, it's not like the phone's ringing. You're like, oh, like I'm just taking orders here. So where did that come from? And I'll write down my other question. So I don't forget. So, so you don't forget. Yeah, totally get it. So this one came from, I did some kind of talk or something about sticking with your niche. Uh, and this, I think it was December. Um, and randomly an advisor reached out from across the country saying, Hey, I love what you do. That's just shocking. Awesome. Can we talk 30 minute conversation? Cause I always keep things very brief. I think it's very important to be efficient with your time, set boundaries. We can talk about that. Um, and in that 30 minutes, it was so apparent that she had a client that might need me. Well, lo and behold, you know, a few weeks go by. I'm not, you know, at this point expecting anything, but then I get a phone call. So it's word of mouth, but it's because of something random I did that had a good effect. And I keep track of a lot of those, what's really good and what's working and what's not and what's a waste of time. Yeah, there's a lot of wasting time, right? Yeah. Which isn't really random. I mean, you did a talk like speaking equals money like exclamation point. I was going to say, yes, yes, yes. Money exclamation point. If you do enough talks, you will make enough money. I remember when I used to, I started doing money parenting talks, which was how to raise financially responsible kids by leading by example. And back then I was an advisor and I was doing a lot of money coaching, but I was targeting parents of young kids and I would do these talks. And my rule of thumb was if I did at least three talks, like 
three, I would get at least a client and make at least $5,000. So I'm like, if I just do these three talks, like, I mean, I kept doing more, more than three, but like, I know I could do the math where I'd make at least three or $5,000. So speaking equals money, hundred percent. We can do another podcast on that as well. Okay. So my question before, cause I, I was thinking about the fears and I don't want to forget this and we'll go back to the other stuff too, is you mentioned like you left this cushy job and you say job, but really it was like building your own business. But it was, yeah. But if, it kind of felt like a job probably, but you left this job and you went out on your own and you had a lot of support to do that as far as coaches to help you get there. You had a lot of fears, but did you have money? Like, did you, I mean, did you have money like, or a sugar daddy or, or something that was like, if I fall, I got a net or did you just take a lot of risk and say, you know what, I'm going to make sure I don't fall. And if I fall, like I'll catch myself because I think a lot of people will be afraid of that, even if they had all the, you know, all the support. So even if you have support, I think the, the excuses that you can make at any age is just apparent, especially in this field when I did have savings, but at the age of being in your twenties and saving as much as I was trying to save the career coach had to say, Olivia, you can go out on your own. Cause I was like, I can't, there's no way I could go out on my own because I need to still save for retirement and I'm not touching any of the money I've saved. And I, you know, all of those excuses, fears. And she was the one who said, okay, you can jump. Even if you didn't have the assets behind you at all. So you got no savings, you can jump and make it successful. And really starting the business. If I didn't get the coaches, the startup cost was almost nothing. Like what you have to have the internet, you have to have, you know, your, your Gmail, whatever you have for the business, the website. Don't realize like how luxurious that is. Right. So most people buy a brick and mortar or they have buy assets or they buy inventory, they buy something. Exactly. Like, but to start up with, Oh my gosh, I had to pay, I I had to pay for my licensing. Like it was 800 bucks. Oh no, you had to pay $800 to start a business. I feel so sorry for you, Robin. Like it's like nothing. Right. so So she said, take the jump. You didn't have that much to risk. And then you did have some savings. Like if you made nothing, how long would your savings had lasted? With it being just in a brokerage account, probably eight to 12 months. Okay. So you had a um, but, buffer, but then, and then how long did it take? Did, did you actually take money out of that? Or did you just like, you, you started making money so fast? It didn't matter. I took 20 K out and that was for the coaching. That was before the business started. Oh, cool. So that was career coaching. Uh, and that was branding coaching and maybe my improv coach. Um, so I definitely took out money beforehand, but that's, you know, the part of doing made, business. But yeah. then oh, money. that's not even, it's not even a cop. That's I don't even, crazy. that's no. crazy. Like, I want you all listening to realize that like, not even here she is. Olivia is going to like jump ship and have no net. And she's like no. going on her own, but instead of doing, going on her own, she gets this coach and this coach and this yep. like two freaking coaches to make sure that she's going to be set. And that's what sets her up so she can make money, not actually just doing it on her own. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Like some people are like, oh, I'm just yep. going to go jo-, and nothing. And, and this brings up all these other fears that I tried to forget about is even people saying like, oh my God, why, why are you spending money? And oh, you don't need a coach. You're so driven yourself. Like, and so I didn't really have any doubts about the career coaches or spending money. I had, I was scared because I save money. I don't like to spend money, but I know if you're in business, you have to spend money to make money. You have to. So I'm so thankful I did. And I'm so thankful I continue to do so. You, you, you have to. Um, 
And the sticker shock you'll get over when you make that back in a day. It's not even a big deal. <laughs> it's so crazy. So yeah, so that's awesome. So tell tell me more about how. So there you go. You had your you did a talk, you got a client. So that like started kind of rev the engine. You're like, oh my gosh, all this stuff I've been doing to prepare for this and, and really grow yourself by having coaches to help you do that, you're able to grow your business very quickly. So we, yes. we said this is about niching, but a lot of it has to do with you taking a lot of risk and, and becoming you and like the best version of you. So you can show up to attract those people. But how, how did like from there, how did you make more money faster? Because why do you believe that niching really got you to making money faster? So I truly, truly believe that niching got me to where I am right now and why I've stuck with it so long in the last year is it's working is because every single person I have a conversation with, doesn't matter if I'm at the country club playing tennis, doesn't matter if I'm, I, I'm a triathlete. So I do a lot of swimming, biking and running. And I do a lot of groups. doesn't matter if I'm randomly talking to a neighbor. It doesn't matter where I'm at or if I'm doing one-on-one -on -one business call with someone. Um, everyone remembers what I do. Everyone. Now I have heard from every professional I've talked to and all the friends, family, and all the other, you know, random event things I do that if someone comes up to them and says they're a financial advisor or a planner, wealth manager, whatever you call yourself, no one remembers that. Like they don't even, they think you're like the one of the 20 other people who have talked to them that week. If you're a professional, you know, let's just, for example, say attorneys, they're not going to remember all these different financial planners that reach out to them wanting to do business, but they're going to remember me because holy crap, she does this crazy different thing. It's a niche. She's good at it. She only does this. It must be working. I want to work with her. So that's, that's what I've seen at least is everyone remembers me. And that's very rare within the advising world, especially LinkedIn, right? Everyone says they're an expert, but then they work with everyone and that doesn't, you know, they don't stand out. It's so true. It's so true. So how do you get your clients then? So is it mostly you're developing relationships with centers of influence and you're getting referrals? Or are you doing a lot of talks? You also have a podcast, right? So tell us a little bit about how, how you get that. And, and before you, I'll just emphasize what you said. I mean, you, you talked about personal brand. You, you invested money to, to have a personal brand coach. You invested money to have a career coach. You invest. What was the other, who was the other coach? So I have improv. I had a, just um, success principles coach. So just getting yourself out of your own head, just successfully. Cause I've always believed that you drive your own success. Right. Cool. Yeah. So all these coaches to support you, which is, which is great. And then, and obviously like you're this go-getter, like this is why it's even better for people who are coachable and who are go-getters because it's just yes. like on fire, but then now, um, okay. So then you did some talks and you have a podcast and this and that, but where are most of your clients coming from today? It is shocking. And I will say that this is, I was not expecting this, but almost all the referrals is word of mouth. And that's because what I wanted, and this is again, coming true. I wanted the right clients calling me for the right reasons from the right referrals who knew what I could do to help. Okay. Um, cause I've seen my mistakes in the past and I interviewed hundred, probably maybe 90 to hundred, um, business owners before I started my business to ask really what, what their mistakes were because <laughs> I didn't want to make them. Um, and that was free advice of, oh, well, I should have gotten help sooner. I should have done this sooner. I should have, you know, not tried to do my food truck to a million people, just, you know, be vegan, work with vegans, whatever. And, um, so that, that's really where it comes down to. Okay. So word of mouth, but so are you doing any paid advertising at all? And that's another thing in January before I needed it, I reached out to quite a few different marketing firms. I hired one 
but I have not at all in the last six months, even with really good, you know, social media stuff, posts that they do for me. I have not, that's not my success drive at this point. It's good. You have to have it maybe down the line, but still word of mouth, still old school. Okay. So, but word of mouth means that you're saying you're getting referrals from different sources. So referrals or people who see you, you go to new networking, you're doing, so let's break down word of mouth because it sounds like it's just like, let's do that. Lucky, but like when it starts with the personal brand that you have clear in, in yes. compelling messaging, which I didn't yes. know this podcast, but where you know who you're want to, who you want to attract and you know what to say. So that's usually messaging is usually about problem and result. And that yes. so people pay attention, people remember. But then yes. who are the people? So you have centers of influence, right? Yes. And you're my, outreach on LinkedIn. So yeah, my my favorite part is using LinkedIn as a resource, and everyone who's listening can do do this, okay? So whoever you want to target, and it has to be something you're passionate about. For me, divorce, we can go into the backstory of why, but I'm passionate about it. So don't pick it if you're not, you know, wanting to work in that field um, within, you know, your niche. So for me, I target on LinkedIn people who fascinate me within the divorce realm or within the ultra high net worth world. And I will literally write them a very short message and just say, hey, I love the book that you just wrote. I just read it, you know, for the top 1% of affluent individuals in the US, you wrote a book about the tax implications and I loved it. Um, and, and then- you're not BSing, like you actually- read I'm it. not BSing. I'm not asking them for anything. I'm the one who's either saying, hey, I really like what you do, or I am reaching out and saying, hey, I'd like to actually be able to have you as a trusted person to send my clients to post-divorce. Or, hey, I need to have a trusted professional during the divorce process as a concierge service for my clients. I would like to have an introduction with you in 30 minutes or less and just see if we're a good fit. And it's not to gain clients from them. It is literally for me to know in the future when I have clients, I need to be able to pick and choose who I send them to. For CPA, they have to have a really, really high powered, good one who knows about different having eight properties, right? They need to know in different countries what those tax implications are and help me out. So I want to build it so I can send clients to them and it works beautifully because they it's their guard is down. I'm doing it genuinely and authentically. They love what I do. They remember me. And then all of a sudden you get an email or a call from their clients and they're the right fit, right? Like yeah, right? simple. Yeah, it's like magic. It's like magic. Well, what's really interesting and kind of funny about that is I have this um, this challenge you might've heard of. It's, it's called the five days. It, called the the appointment generated challenge five five appointments in five days tag challenge we call it but anyway um and one of the things i tell them because i teach them the system and the strategy and they they think that they're lying using it or they, they're concerned they might not be telling the truth and i i tell them like that one of the lot i think they're lying all the time by telling people exactly what you just said by saying hey I reach out to people on LinkedIn and say, oh, I want to give you referrals because the truth for them, for most people, is that that's not why they're reaching out. No, not, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. They're not trying to build their, um, what do we call it? Like their their whole system and their, no. their no. they're really trying to get referrals, they, right? Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just, have- go ahead, sorry. No, Robin, you are right on the point. Talking over right, no, it's, it's a problem, but it's a good, it's a good problem. We're on the same page here because Everyone also, every website for every advisor says, uh, we put our clients' needs first. That is not true for everyone. 
That is not true at all. You do not put your client's needs first on every single website, every single advisor. You really need to say the right message and talk to the right person because that is not at all going to be, that's not going to have someone draw into their problem of their life. Uh, they're not going to want to hire you. Um, so there's, you don't want to be like everyone else. And you want to do it genuinely. So on your website, even like you need to have it be authentic. What do you want to accomplish and help them with? Not trying to get something out of it from the client or from their center of influence. Yeah. And so I think can, most women, for sure, we have the right intention. And I, I mean, even as an advisor, I mean, I had the right intention, but you're, you're, you're taught certain things to say, and then you take it as, you know, this is, this is gospel and whatever. And then you don't realize that you're, you're starting to, when you're reaching out and, and the truth is you just want to get clients. It's not bad. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just, they, they can kind of smell the, 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 the lie there. They can, they can tell that it's not fully true. So for you, it, I mean, you have, that's one of the reasons, like you said at the beginning where you didn't want to have a conflict of interest because you can a hundred percent say like, I, I don't, I don't do asset center management. So you can actually you know partner with advisors. You can say to a CPA, you definitely don't do any tax, you know, tax strategy, mm-hmm. tax consultant, I mean, you can probably do some strategy, but actual yes. tax consultant, any of that mm-hmm. stuff, you don't do all these things. And so they're like, Oh crap. Someone wants to give me referrals exactly. and they want to, you know, affluent women like I do, this is awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So mm-hmm. a lot of it was LinkedIn outreach. Like give me a ballpark idea of how many, how many messages you send out daily. I would say weekly. It is really, 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 uh, 15 to 20, but they're good. They yeah. are. And you connect first or you're already connected. I'm connecting while doing the invite personalized invite. Okay, So you do. So that's ask- my strategy. I'm, I'm saying, hello, it's nice to meet you. I love what you do. And it looks like, you know, from me starting my business and wanting to connect the, my clients, to the right people that we could be someone, you know, work together in the way of me helping you. So and it, I put it much better than that, yeah, but, yeah. um, right, right maybe, beginning. yeah. And maybe someday I'll change that strategy because it is more time consuming than sending out a mass email to 50,000 people across the world that are professionals in the divorce realm. Um, but at this point it's working and I don't want you, so many clients. Look, you're, you're starting a new business and you're already having a ton of success, but you start with organic. That means not paid. And you're also doing some paid, but organic strategies, you got to prove the system and there's no way you're going to scale with, by doing use, at least you, you know, and it's like to do that. Like, I know I can't do that. Right. Like to send, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do that at this stage. But it doesn't make me less genuine, even if I had my team member to someone doing that, because I still exactly. writing the message, I still care. And so it's okay to go to the masses. That's how you make a bigger impact. But at the beginning, you want to prove the system. At the beginning, you want to make sure like you, 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 you prove the concept, right? So you're, I think you're doing the right thing. But out of those, I'm just curious, like out of those 15 to 20 a week, how many think, how many do you think you get to talk to? Like how many do you actually jump on a call with? It is about, I have a very high success rate. It's probably 11 or 12. Wow. Um, I, and I, it's, it's insane. And I actually, at this point, um, if I reach out to someone and just say, Hey, I really like what you did and the speech that you wrote, you know, and you presented on, um, and I either just leave it at that or do something very small underneath that and just say, I'd love to connect. They sometimes at this point, like they just respond back quickly saying, Hey, it'd be great to see what you do. Cause they love my niche. I, don't, I don't, I was not expecting that. I did not manifest that. It's just natural. So, um, and that's not luck because I did do the work, work, right? What's that? Um, it, what I'm trying to say, it's almost like, oh, wow. I didn't even expect that. But then again, 
it isn't luck because I did such good branding and really stuck with my niche that they're impressed with how specific and who I work with that they want to learn more. So I'm creating curiosity without even realizing it in a way. Yeah, that's amazing. And what I was going to say, sorry to interrupt, just like I said, it might be a slight delay, but also we're both excited. But when you when you like have your profile optimized, like what happens on LinkedIn, people check you out and they can for two seconds, just from the headline, they can see if they like you or not. And, and we're not even, most advisors have, like you said, the exact same wording, yes. saying the exact same thing. I always joke about when I look at pro, uh, like advisor profiles, it's like, oh really? You do holistic planning? Really? <laughs> retirement goals. Are we, oh my gosh. Wait, are you serious? You actually, uh, you actually do, uh, like retirement planning and insurance. Like it's like, duh, like you better do holistic planning. What do you do? You're going to look at one thing and tell me to, you know, put a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars here. So totally, totally get it. So I know you have boundaries and you're good about being efficient. I'm looking at the time going, yeah. oh, man, we better, we better close this up. So let, let me ask you just uh, one or two more things so we can get, you know, respect your time and the listener's time. If they're anything like me, they're probably listening on two times speed, but, but we're pretty fast. We're pretty fast. I do that too. I do that too. Or three times, right? So, um, so I mean, a lot of what you did was like you, you prepped, but I want to make sure that something's clear because it wasn't like you were prepping and prepping and not doing, I mean, you, you were building something and investing in yourself because so many people like let perfect get in the way of possible. And they're like, Oh, okay. I think the takeaway here is that I need to get, you know, a coach and then I'm going to start prepping. And then no, you jump, baby, you jump, but you just have the support there. Right. You're like, you're agreeing with me. Good. good. I I know that people are going to listen to this audio and they can't see me like slashing around on the video, but like, no, don't be perfect. Don't do it. Like even today, I'm not perfect talking to you. Like I can do it so much better in the future, but good Lord, I would still be at my old cushy job making money and helping everyone under the sun. No, it's, I would not change it at all. You just have to make that jump. Um, and, and you can, you can do it. If you have the confidence, you just need to believe in yourself. Literally it's believing yourself. Like don't make the excuses of not having money. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You, you can do it. You know, you're not allowed to make that excuse around these, these parts. I mean, it's true. I I can't tell you, I mean, I, I, some people know this, but I invested, I was at $1.47,812 in debt when I was really investing in my business and, and I was starting to make money, but then I kept investing more, you know, and there was a point where I was making a lot less and, and, and not as much in debt, but then I kept increasing the debt in order to be able to get to the the person I was meant to be so I can grow and then grow my business. And that's, that's so important. And to be able to have that confidence, like you don't just get confidence, you earn it, right? You earn it by taking risks. You earn it by, by practicing and having the experience with people in real time, not this BS, like the industry tells you go practice with your cousin, you know, this script, like that's really awkward and weird. I'm saying like you be the best version of you and you keep learning, you keep investing yourself, you keep taking a risk, like then you can have those things. I'm curious, just the last thing and then tell us where to find you um, because you mentioned this before you started recording and now I'm curious, um, how much do you charge? Blow them away with you. This is less than a year, by the way, she started during COVID. I mean, if it was less than a year, it's right, right around COVID time. So, and built a, a successful business. So tell them Extreme. what do you charge for your, for your time and and, and this is again a fear-based, you know, people said that there's no way. Uh even my career coach, you know, pushed on this and I said, no, I want to work with who I want to work with. So I charge for um five 45-minute sessions during divorce as the analyst financial role, helping, you know, split assets fairly for her um, and have her not throw in the towel and make mistakes financially. Uh, and it's 3500 So if you actually break that down, 
That is way more. That is way more than the typical 150 to 250 an hour. Mine are 45 minute sessions. And it's just, and if they want more sessions, it's 450 an hour. Um, and most of them right now, it's, you know, five to 10 hours at the very least to do the analyst during the, the, the divorce. Post-divorce, I just raised my fee from 20,000 to 30,000. And that now, instead of being oh, I'm not sure how many months I'll, you know, help the women with their post-divorce needs and helping with boundaries and money scripts and all of this stuff, coaching. It is now four to six months at the most and 30K. And I haven't gotten not one pushback, not one Robin. I'm hundred percent. It is literally, I don't, I don't even know why, um, People who were mentoring me in the financial realm, you know, they, they didn't even think that that was possible. And I just don't know why I don't, I believe in myself. And if you're an an affluent woman and you're like, you were going to charge me like a hundred bucks an hour, I would think you're probably not very good at this. Like I wouldn't value you lower. Yeah. Assume a much lower, have a much lower perception of value based on that number. Exactly. Tell them where to find you. This has been great. Olivia, thank you so much. Tell them where to find you. So if you have clients or anyone who has questions on divorce and you want to learn more resources, Divorce for Wealthy Women podcast and my website, Summerhill Wealth Management. Again, it's just for divorcing women. So it's not going to speak to anyone but that. Awesome. 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 Check her out. Um, You said Summerhill and sorry, do it one more time because I already couldn't remember. Summerhillwealth.com or summerhillwealthmanagement.com. Uh, for divorce resources, you can send your clients there. And then also divorce for wealthy women is the Apple podcast and okay. all the other sites. I'm sure they could rewind, but I couldn't capture that. So I want to make sure they got it. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the listeners out there. Don't forget, you got to niche your business so that you can make more money fast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Are you getting all the quality prospects on your calendar that you'd like? If not, join us in the appointment generator challenge. Go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for free. We guarantee you'll get five quality appointments in five days if you follow this system and you can do it from online. You don't even have to pick up the phone. Whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the industry three to five years or even 30 years, this challenge will be perfect for you. Check it out, femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for absolutely free. Can't wait to see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.